What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. It is Wednesday, February 20th. My God, this month is flying right along. I'm Will Prince, and I'm your host, the Daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast. We will be confirmed live from the Combine. I think, I'm not gonna, I don't want to promise weekend podcast, um, but I think that we're going to do from the Combine Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday shows. Is that possible? It might, it might be really be possible. It would be pretty crazy, but I think it's going to happen. Um, not joining us there, but joining us in spirit, joining me today, Sean Wagner McGuff. What's up, buddy? How's it going? Uh, it's going well. My dog is, uh, won't stop barking. Can you hear him? I can't hear him, but my, I have terrible hearing. So okay. Well, there's rumors of coyotes in, in the, in the hood, uh, which is a little, ah. little concerning because coyotes, I don't know if you know this, but, um, they're number one food. There's a ranking. They have power rankings of their top foods. Number one is yappy dumb dogs. Yeah, I uh, I grew up in the greater Seattle area. Mm. Um, grew up kind of like in the woods, and we had to deal with coyotes attacking our dogs, taking them to the ER multiple times. Wow, really? Um, of them, yeah, cutting their throat and all that. Jesus, and Sean. we would like we had like we installed it's a family podcast, pal. Uh, we uh, <laughs> we installed motion lights outside, and then. The motion lights would like kind of go off once in a while if the dogs were too still, and then they went off, and we got a little bit concerned. And we step outside, and the lights come on, and there's just a pack of coyotes what? surrounding our two dogs. Yeah, it was a big problem, and we had to like talk to the state, and they like refused to intervene because like technically they can't kill coyotes. Um, it was resolved. That's all I'll say. Um, I won't go into any more details. Does but. that does that mean that your your dad did what my dad would do, which is Utilize his firearms to take care of coyotes. Well, we funny stories. We don't have firearms. My, yeah. my dad is not. You don't strike me as a. You don't strike me. I don't. I don't. I mean, I probably shouldn't tell you by that and come and get me. But I, I'm not a. I am not a big gun person per se. My family big into uh, I, uh recreational I, firearms. I, I did try to use that. I was I was in like middle school and I tried to convince my dad as an excuse to buy me this like really high powered BB gun that I just wanted. My dad did not fall for it. I was like, "Yeah, I'll just I'll stock them out and I'll take care of it myself." I was being pretty excited. I thought it would be fun. But what, what are the odds? What are the odds you could kill a coyote with a BB gun? I don't, I, I actually think it's possible. I read in I because I was doing research on how to like take care of this ourselves, and I think some people recommended. It. I think it's more just like a deterrent and like wait just a, wait 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 so going to hurt them so okay. they don't come back. Hold on, you said it got taken care of, but guns weren't used. How you gotta spill the beans on how you get rid this of these? This is we'll, oh my I'll god! You oh my god! Oh my god! You poisoned the coyotes! You poisoned! Oh my god! You you poisoned meat! And you threw it out there, and the coyotes ate it. That's so smart and so evil. Why did you immediately jump to that? Is do you how, have experience? To no. Try? How else would you get rid of coyotes without guns? We spoke to them nicely, asked them to leave, and you know, <laughs> a back, we had a nice little back and forth. Hello, Mister Coyote. Um. All right. Well, good to know that you're a god. Dang! Don't cross Sean. He'll cut you. I mean, hey, man, you come after our dogs and you know send them to the vet ER. Like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure at that point, you know, everything's I, on the table. Everything's on the table. You're right. Uh, all right, we're gonna talk about some NFL news. Sean, you moved. You moved up the 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 coworker power rankings. Wait, for the news. record, I didn't confirm anything. This is all speculation. That's this fine. is all allegedly reportedly it's, look, it's um, a, whatever verb you want to use. It's there. a smart play on your part to allow it to be unconfirmed or undenied. Cuz then everybody's like, "Damn. 
Sean's hardcore. Like I thought, I was like, man, middle I school Sean too. Yeah, yeah, middle school Sean. You no wonder you like Arya so much from uh, from Game of Thrones. By the way, Game of Thrones is back in like sixty days, so this will be a Game of Thrones podcast in the off season. But it only, it's only going to last like a month. Fortunately, this is a daily podcast, so we can talk about it every day if we need to. But first, we got NFL news to talk about. As I mentioned, we will be at the Combine, and we will be live Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from 12 until 1. Everybody who listened to this podcast did such an awesome job um, checking out the show at the Super Bowl and then checking out the, the Sunday morning show that uh, they, they decided to give us more videos. So please, by all means, if you like watching this program or listening, listening to me babble or me and my friends talk about football, check out CBS Sports HQ noon to one, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday uh, at the Combine. We'll be breaking everything down, do some interviews with some coaches. It will be a Pick 6 podcast rundown. If you listen to this podcast, you are part of the family. Come party with us. In the meantime, Sean, let's run through <laughs> I can't believe I had this. Mr. Big Chest uh, meets with Art Rooney. That was the news of the day for the 375th consecutive day this offseason. What feels like 375 days. And by the way, follow Sean on Twitter at Sean J. Wagner. You can follow me at Will Brinson. Check out all our podcast social channels at Pick 6 Pod. We'll have lots of Antonio Brown hot takes there. Um, and Antonio Brown met with Art Rooney. And in the process of meeting with Art Rooney, he says that he said it was a good meeting, but we agree it's time to move on. This is from Antonio Brown's Twitter feed. Had a great meeting with Mr. Rooney today. We discussed a lot of things and we cleared the air on several issues, exclamation point. We both agreed it is time to move on, but I always have appreciation and gratitude towards the Rooney family and Steelers organization. Hashtag call God, hashtag Boomin. What do you make of this? Are, are you, we talked about this a little bit before and you felt clearly annoyed by, you clearly feel annoyed by the Antonio Brown saga. Well, it's just like, yes, this is news. Yes, it's worth worthy of a story and all that. It's just this isn't anything new, and we're kind of just recycling the same information over and over again, and we can run through the same landing spots that we've talked about. We talked about last week on this podcast. The fact of the matter is that over a month ago, Art Rooney already came out and said it's hard to envision Brown being on the Steelers next year. So I don't. this sure. isn't exactly news to me. It, it seems like it's just more closure between the player and team and – you know, maybe they're going off on some slightly better terms so that 10 years from now he can come back to Heinz Field and have a nice, you know, reunion with the fans and all that. But to me, this just confirms what we already knew. Antonio Brown, barring something weird happening between now and July, is probably not going to be on the Steelers next year. Yeah, I mean, I think there is – I do get a little bit of um, spidey sense on this one in that, like, he met with – like, you look at Art Rooney's face and Art Rooney's like, yep. Thanks for taking a Twitter picture with me, Antonio. We agree it's time to move on. This is not a divorce. This is not a, a, a an agreed-to separation between mutual parties. This is the Steelers have to find somebody who can trade it, trade for him. Like the Steelers aren't just going to let him go for a for nothing. I don't think. I think they're going to want something in return. Now they could conceivably cut him. That would be a little bit surprising. Um, but I, I, I you know, I, I just think that they. I think I don't know. I don't. I don't think this is the end of the saga. They they have not said, uh, per Ian Rappaport of the NFL media, that um, Antonio Brown and Drew Rosenhaus, AB's agent, are allowed to look for trade options. They've simply we just know what Antonio Brown is telling us based on the meeting. Like you know what I mean? Like there's something weird about it. It's just I just, I thought it was funny that it was Antonio Brown's the only one who's come out and like said what happened in this meeting. And would have been hilarious if like. 
Art Rooney's sitting there and being like, what? Like, that's not what I said. Like, yeah. it, like he hasn't come out. He probably would have denied it if that was the case. Why did, why, why did Art Rooney let him take, like, why is he like, yeah, I'd love to take a picture with you, Antonio. That sounds good. You're currently destroying our, uh, you know, our chances of trading for you and getting something in return. I'm thrilled at how you're handling this like a mature grown up. Yeah. And this idea, like for Antonio Brown, I get the sense that. You know, teams have to be convinced that, I mean, he's 30, he's going to be 31, and teams also have to be convinced that he's going to come into this new team and show up on time to meetings and basically not do all the things that he was doing with the Steelers that, you know, got them to this point. And it seems like this, like, face-saving move where, see, we're all good, like, we're handling it like adults, Mm -hmm. we're shaking hands and smiling and taking photos, and, like, this one meeting and this one Twitter picture is not going to convince teams um, that he's mature enough i guess i don't know the right word but the uh from the Steelers perspective too i guess they kind of want teams to believe this too because they want to get better offers and they don't want teams saying look antonio brown's this great player and all that now you want a first round pick but he's 30 gonna be 31 and he's a headache you know they want to convince teams he's not a headache the problem is you know one little meeting and one tweet's not going to change all that that is that is absolutely true like showing up and be like hey look i'm with my boss Everything's fine. You don't have to worry about this. That's not how, that's not how that works. And it's not gonna, uh, it's not just gonna let people, um, the people are just like, all right, cool. Move along. Way to go, Antonio Brown. And, uh, by the way, he wants people to call him Mr. Big Chest. You're a millennial, Sean. Explain to me what I don't the get, hell. I don't get it. You don't get it? No. Does Ryan Do you, Wilson get it? No, I don't we, know. We should have had Ryan on the podcast. I know Ryan just keeps ducking me on these, uh, on these Steeler Browns, uh, Steeler Browns, on these, uh, these Steeler Antonio Browns. Um, he wrote, uh, as he was back on social media Monday, uh, he was working on an elliptical machine. He said, if your squad want to win and your squad want a hungry wide receiver who's the best in the whole world, someone hit my phone. Um, tell them I ain't doing no unguarantees. I ain't even going to play myself no more for this NFL. I don't, this is not a good look for him. Oh, uh, Brown had one more request. He no longer wants to be known as AB, but instead would like to be referred to as Mr. Big Chest. As Ryan wrote, so yeah. There's the, no, I mean, there's, the dead the deadspin headline for their story was Antonio Brown lists his demands while sweating profusely on an elliptical. I think social media the social media team wants me to do like an Antonio Brown video from an elliptical machine. Which uh, Frank, you on an elliptical? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's gold. You gotta you gotta do that right now. Uh, I'll do it tomorrow morning when I go to the gym. I do. I don't do weights. I just do cardio. For those that don't know, that's my, uh, it's kept me alive. It's kept me alive for 37 years, Sean. <laughs> Kyler Murray was asked if about being the number one overall pick by the Arizona Cardinals. Teaser, my mock draft has Kyler Murray going number one overall. Cause you know what? I like page views. That's why. Uh, no, I'm that's real original. Every single person's doing that right now. Oh, they are? I feel like, I mean, I feel like ever since he declared, everyone has just been mocking him to the Cardinals. Oh, I didn't think I'd seen it yet, so I figured I'd give it a run. Uh, well, oh well. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I just want to see what I want to see. I like to do, when I do mock drafts, I like to see how they, like, what kind of chaos they create if a scenario happens. And like, and like what, you know, like, look, it's February. I gotta, I gotta do a hundred more of these things between They're now thought and exercises. Exactly. Like, if this happened, how would this impact everything else? Exactly. And so it's like, where, what's a viable scenario for the, for the Cardinals to actually draft, um, Kyler Murray one and trade Josh Rosen. If they do it, like, who are they getting? You know, where, like if they trade him to the Dolphins, what, who are they getting? Where do you have Josh Rosen going? Uh, the Redskins. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 
or the I think it was either the Dolphins. I started doing it with the Dolphins, but then the Redskins are 15 and the Dolphins are 13, I believe. So I think that's right in the range of like, look, if you're the Dolphins or the Reds, the Redskins are more likely to me if um, like if they don't love Daniel Jones and Murray and Dwayne Haskins are off the board. You know, they're a team that could be like, well, we really need a quarterback. Josh Rosen has shown some stuff. We have a good offensive line. He'd be much better here. We have a good, you know, good coach. Why not? Why not take a stab at it? Um, so I, I, I don't know. I think I think one of those two teams makes sense, and I think that's in the range of the trade the Cardinals could make. And Look, Kyler Murray even said it's not likely that he's going to go one overall, and he's right. It's not likely. But it's also incumbent, I think, on the Cardinals to at least explore the – like, the Cardinals should be doing this mock draft too. They should be having this discussion in their building. Steve Kime and Michael Bidwell and, and Cliff Kingsbury should be saying, all right, if we did do this, what like what would our team look like? And you don't want to say we're just not going to trade Josh. Because I mean, you at least want to take look at every avenue. That's your due diligence. Due diligence as an NFL team, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think if you went out and you committed to Cliff King- Kingsbury, which a lot of people thought was a reach, and if he seriously prefers Kyler Murray, then you have to look into it because you've committed yourself to the Kingsbury. You might as well give him what he wants. You know, to let his vision unfold how he wants it to unfold. I'm actually I haven't done my mock draft yet this week, but I was actually thinking about having the Cardinals draft Murray, but I think what they could do is trade back. Yep. Because I, I, because I, it, it's kind of like works against them that they are at number one, because I think that's too high for Kyler Murray. But I think if you get another team, I think what we're going to see, and we've been talking about it for the last year about how oh, this year's not a great quarterback class and all that. I, I think we're going to see like Haskins or someone, probably Haskins, you know, rise up boards and, you know, become that de facto number one guy. And, you know, one of these teams, I don't, the problem with the Giants is that they don't ever trade up, but like the Jaguars, one of these teams is going to want to give up a hole to move up ahead of the Giants to make sure that they can get them. And if you can, if you're Arizona and you have a lot of holes to fill, if you can, you know, trade Rosen and get some picks and then also trade down in the draft, mm. um, I, you're, and then get Kyler Murray, you know, somewhere else in the top 10 and then also have all these additional picks to fill out a team around them. I think that's their dream scenario. Yeah, that's a lot of movement. Like, what are you going to give it? Like, yeah. like you trade Rosen for thirteen, and then you trade down from one to seven. Yeah, and hope that nobody jumps you for Kyler Murray. That's risky. I mean, who's gonna? I mean, so say the Jaguars take um, Haskins one, then the next few teams, no one's taking quarterback. I guess the Raiders. Could or the the Giants could the Giants don't strike Gettleman does not strike Dave Gettleman that's going to take Murray Dave Gettleman has never traded out of his slot in the first round as a GM right but but the Giants the Giants are ahead of the Jags pick right yes by one oh, so right, sorry, sorry, the sorry, Cardinals yeah. would still be behind yeah. the Giants but the Dave, Giants don't strike me as a team that's yes. taking Kyler Murray Dave I Gettleman think the Raiders could be the yep. could be the maybe the one that spoils it yeah I could see that um I had so like to me the thing is if you're the Cardinals and you go down to 15, like what kind of defensive, like the, the, the question is what kind of combo are you getting 15 or 13, right? Are you getting like, um, you know, what, like, what are you coming out with? Is it Cleveland Farrell and Kyler Murray or like, that's what you have to decide. Do you want Nick Bosa and Josh Rosen or Cleveland Farrell and Kyler Murray, you know, or, um, yeah, and, and that's for them and their evaluations. Yeah. Uh, the one thing about Rosen, I think we noted at some point in the past on this podcast, if, if he was coming out this year and he didn't have this awful year in Arizona that everyone is kind of, 
you know, judging him on, he would probably be the top pick in the draft. Yes, I know. I agree completely. And I, I, I personally don't think they should make the trade. Like, I think you just take, take Nick Bosa one or Quentin Williams, whoever you like, and get, uh, and, and just roll with Rosen and try and put some protection around him or trade down. If so, like, if, if I have no problem trading down, I don't think Nick Bosa is a, a necessarily a transformational guy, but you know, given how Joey Bosa has been, I think you good luck passing up on him. Um, all right, moving along to Colin Kaepernick, who uh, settled. We didn't even talk about this on the podcast somehow. Um, he settled with the NFL. Nobody knows how much money he got. There's been no report of that, but he is um, he is no longer working a collusion lawsuit against the NFL. The the basic premise of a settlement usually indicates that one party has the other party in a, in a compromising position. If, if the other party is willing to pay to settle um, a claim like this, it doesn't actually involve any uh, monetarily monetary damage. So um, from that perspective, you would have to think that the NFL was not in an ideal situation here. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprising. Colin Kaepernick was out of work for a long time, and a lot of bad quarterbacks got signed. Um, and there were multiple teams that clearly passed on Colin Kaepernick because of who Colin Kaepernick is. Um, having said all that, his agent came out and said he thinks the Panthers or Patriots lawyer came out. Of course, his lawyer, noted football expert, um, came out and uh, is it Mark Gregaros? Is that what his name yes. is? Okay, yes. Good job me. I know lots of lawyers. Um, he thinks Cap will sign with the Patriots. I mean, the, yeah, the Patriots or the Panthers. What percentage chance do you give that of happening? Zero. Yeah, I mean, yeah, me too. I, I like the idea of it. And while key members of the Patriots have well-documented friendships with Donald Trump, who has obviously come out against Kaepernick multiple points. It really would be the most Patriots thing ever to, you know, they're, they're known for finding these advantages over every other team um, and kind of just making, you know, the move that every other team should make. And what better way to have, you know, a low-end starting quarterback as your backup to the greatest quarterback of all time and giving yourself that insurance policy you know, to the people who would say, well, Kaepernick can't do what Brady does and they would have to change their offense. Go look at what they did during Brady's deflate game, uh, suspension. They had to switch from Garoppolo to Jacoby Brissett, two completely different styles of quarterbacking. Josh, Josh McDaniels did just fine. Check out what they just did in the playoffs where they, you know, kind of went jumbo, went big and started running the ball out of the blue with something they didn't do all regular season. It worked out just fine. Uh, but it, it, it's just not going to happen. And look, Kaepernick's lawyer has made this prediction before. I think in September, he said, my client's going to get signed soon. Hmm. And wouldn't surprise me if Bob Kraft went out and, and made a move. Didn't happen. And, you know, he acknowledged in that interview with CNN that he's been wrong before. Um, I just, I, to me, you know, the ship has sailed. It's been two years. What has changed? If anything, the only thing that's changed is we haven't seen Kaepernick play football in two seasons, which, you know, not his fault, but it's not a positive for him. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, sorry, I'm trying to book a uh, Disney World trip. Pretty exciting. Post, oh, wow. post. On, the, on the podcast. Uh, no, I'm responding to uh, our My Mickey Vacations lady named Kristen, who needs a deposit by tonight. It's very important, Sean, or else it will ruin my Disneyland marriage. Disneyland or World? Whatever one's in Orlando. Oh, uh, what's World? Yeah. Um, I'm well, dr- I'm the dream- one in the one in California is getting the Star Wars thing. So, ooh, very exciting. You gonna go? Well, here's the thing: is I love Star Wars, but I hate crowds of people. Me too. So you know, kind of bounces out. It's good. It's like the light side and the dark sides. It's how Star Wars is supposed to be. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, the AAF was in the news. Uh, David Glenn 
my pal David Glenn actually of uh wrote on the athletic that um the uh that the, the Tom Dundon, the Hurricanes owner, was gonna take he was going to put a $250 million investment into the AAF because the AAF was out of money and then he was going to be named chairman and the AAF, in fact, did announce it. Dundon and the, the Alliance have, um, have said that that is not true, that they were not out of money. Dundon has called this a series infinity in terms of startup capital money. He gave $250 million. He paid for, in the past, 24 months, he's paid $420 million for a professional hockey team and $250 million for a startup, um, football league. That's pretty cool. I wish he's I had got a lot of money. Yeah, and in fact, he was on radio here uh, in Raleigh with uh, my my friends Adam Gold and Joe Ovius on Tuesday, and he they were like, "So you've spent six hundred million and change?" He's like, "Well, you know, I don't have fi- I you know I have finite resources, but I'm not really close to." maximizing what I've got. He says that this will make the AAF um, viable for, quote, years and years to come and believes that the $250 million will basically um, fund the AAF for, like, literally years. So that's great news for the AAF to get $250 million in cash and and not have to worry about, um, you know, raising a, uh, a bunch of capital and whatnot. So they've got that going for them. The Jaguars, as you wrote about, added Dom Capers. I did not write about it. You but did not write about that, but you probably, somebody wrote it. about it. Yes, that's right. Somebody wrote about it. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Dom Capers at his elderly age becoming the Jag? Is he really the Jaguars defensive coordinator? That feels ill-advised. I thought he was. This is showing our lack of preparedness. Senior thought, defensive assistant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say. I thought he's just the. I mean, he picked being, you know, like more of an assistant and an advisor to the Jaguars than being the Bengals defensive coordinator, which doesn't, doesn't bode well for the Bengals, who, by the way, still have not hired a defensive coordinator, but we did like 20 minutes of the, of the, of the podcast last week on the Bengals defensive coordinator position. They, but... they, they have a new front runner, um, the Giants secondary coach, I believe. <laughs> Jim Breach. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, Jim that's next week after this guy turns it down on Thursday. Um, yeah, I don't, this is, you're right. It's bad for the Bengals. Good for the Jaguars, I guess. Whatever. Dom Capers is a big, nah, not really. Dom Capers. I mean, yeah. I don't mind him in an assistant role. I just don't think you want him in the DC role. You don't want him calling plays. Yeah, exactly. I think that he can help defensively, but calling plays is a, a no good. Rob Gronkowski, you did write about this, right? Yes. Okay, Rob Gronkowski, is he, is he hinting he, are people talking that he might not retire? Uh, well, his agent did go on ESPN, I believe, today. Drew Rosenhaus, right? Yes. And he did say that, uh, he thinks the decision's gonna be made in the next couple of weeks, which, after the Super Bowl, Gronk said he was gonna take a couple weeks to decide. It's now been a little bit more than two weeks since the Super Bowl. Still no decision. Uh, worth noting, I think it was NFL Network reported that after the Super Bowl, Gronk said, told players that he wanted to win one more. Um, obviously, I took that report as like he was literally saying that right after the Super Bowl. So I don't know if we should take that um, at face value. Uh, I imagine there was a lot of drinking and partying and mm-hmm. being very excited and emotional um, involved in the aftermath of that win. Uh, but Rosenau says he's... He's considering it and he's thinking hard about it and it's going to be a couple of weeks and which makes sense. I think the Patriots need to know before, ideally they'd probably know before the combine, but I don't think that's going to happen, but they got to know before free agency, um, because they got to figure out how they're going to fill a hole that they probably can't fill, um, with Gronk maybe retiring. I think Gronk comes back. 
That's my take. I think so too. I think with, especially with Brady also already ending his retirement, you know, rumors right away. I, I think he comes back. Um, I think it would benefit everyone involved. Look, if Gronk, I believe last year complained about how he didn't like going through the grind of everything, you know, maybe you work, he's only, he's going to be 30, so he's not that old, but you, you work out those veteran, you know, rest days and you find ways to manage him. Kind of like they did this during the season, you know, to get them healthy for the playoffs. I think that just needs to be the goal for the Patriots is you you let them take a load off during during the training camp, during the preseason, even during the regular season because they're going to win that division with or without Kronk. And then you have them healthy in the playoffs. I think that's the way they got to start doing. Remember when Roger Clemens signed with the Astros and like yes, was yes. traveling with the team yeah. unless he was in the rotation, you know, for a series? I think that should be the Gronk plan. Get Gronk suspended like once every three games. Just don't even, don't even worry about it. Let him miss time. I'm serious. I mean, like, I mean, I, I do agree with you. Like, that's how they should manage him is let him get to the playoffs without having to worry about, you know, tearing his ACL. And it can happen in a freak accident, but like minimize his, minimize the number of routes he runs on a, on a per game basis. Let him block. Let him stay in there. Be his physical running team. Minimize his snaps and get, get into the postseason. I think it's 100% right. What did CJ Anderson have to say about Todd Gurley? Called him soft, mentally weak. Is that right? You're, you're completely wrong. I know. Um, I, was, I, was, see, I, was see, I know. I was going to say yes, but then I was worried the sarcasm wouldn't translate and then we'd have a bunch of uninformed listeners. Um, CJ Anderson. <laughs> we've got, uh, we've got this. We've already got this. Yeah. Um, we specialize Anderson, in uninformed listeners. No. Who, uh, went to Cal, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, he said that when he arrived in LA, which was in mid-December when Gurley missed the last few games of the season, Gurley was more hurt than anyone initially thought, including Todd Gurley. So this seems to lend evidence to the theory that Gurley's lack of involvement in the playoffs was because of a knee injury, which still seems like the most logical answer because I see no other reason why they wouldn't be, you know, force feeding him. Um, it's still to, but then they asked CJ Anderson what happened in the NFC championship game. Because if you remember in the divisional round of the playoffs, Gurley looked great. He hit that one home run, yeah. uh, touchdown run. He looked really good. Um, and they split carries. It was still like a 50-50 workload between the two, but it looked like he was coming back and he was going to be okay. And then he completely disappeared against the Saints and, you know, didn't do much of anything in the Super Bowl. And if you watch CJ Anderson answer it, he didn't really give much of an answer. It was, you know, and when they even asked him what the injury was, he said, see, he said Todd Gurley never told me the injury. So I don't know how much it cleared up. I think it just sounds like it. sounds like nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, it sounds like what we all all kind of thought. A knee definitely played a role. And I think here's here's the concerning thing is I look at it look at this in two ways. One, Gurley had a knee injury and that bothered him throughout the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Or the Rams just thought C.J. Anderson was playing better at that point in the season. Either way, I don't think it's good news for the Rams because you either have a running back who is a free agent until mid-December come in and outplay your running back that you just gave a paid a lot of money to to be your superstar, or he has a nagging knee injury that, as C.J. Anderson said, once you have a knee, you always have a knee. Mm. And so, like this could be either way. I'm not saying the Rams are wrong to give you know Todd Gurley a big contract, but you know it might not bode well for his future if he has a bad knee or if I think the hope is he was just getting outplayed. By C.J. Anderson, but even that's not a good thing. No, that's bad. Speaking of giving for, uh, running backs free agent, bleh, speaking of giving running backs huge contracts, that's better. 
We're going to talk about some running backs who might get some free agent contracts after this break. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, so running backs are in the free agent market. And by the way, shout out to, uh, little, uh, little shout out to, uh, uh, Marty Caswell and, uh, Darren Smith at the Mighty 1090. They sent me some San Diego beer. Currently drinking a fall brewing, uh, name drop. <laughs> there you go. I name dropped some people on a name drop beer. A, uh, unfiltered India IPA, presumably in, in North, uh, in Northeastern IPA, but they don't want to call it that in San Diego. Hot with Simcoe, etc. Quite delicious, Sean. How's your green tea tonight? This morning. It was actually chai tea because I need a little bit of caffeine because I got more work to do, but it was okay. Wish I was drinking beer. I like that. Um, I like that our listeners are willing to suspend disbelief and, like, you might listen to this on like Wednesday morning. You're like, but if I listen to a podcast on Wednesday morning and somebody was talking about like an IPA, I wouldn't be able to stop thinking about beer all day. Well, that's just you because you can't. You already can't stop talking about beer on an NFL podcast. So right. Well, I did pretty well in January. Anyway, um, moving along to free agent running backs. I wrote the story, so hopefully I'm informed on this. Um, Le'Veon Bell is the easy choice for the number one running back of this. These are, this is basically my top 10 free agent running backs. And I think it is notable that, um, you know, for the first time in, I don't know, like there's actually some legitimate talent out there. There's some interesting guys out there. Le'Veon Bell, of course, the easy first choice on the list. He naturally, as we all know, set out 2018, uh, didn't play at all. Um, he could still be given the transition tag as Jason Lockenfor reported, uh, on, for CBSSports.com recently, um, that he's gonna get the tag. If he doesn't get the tag, I think he goes out and he gets a huge contract from somebody like the Jets or the 49ers or the Raiders because there are teams with money to burn, teams who, if they make that splash signing, will get some boost from their fan base, and teams that believe they're, might believe they're running back away from contending, uh, even though it's probably not a good move. What are your thoughts? I just, John Gruden spending a ton of money for a running back would be the most John Gruden move. It'd be hilarious. Um, uh, 
I agree with, I think the Jets will be the team that gives them the money just because they've got a young quarterback that they kind of want to nurture and protect. Adam Gase does love an offense where you check the ball down. You know, Le'Veon Bell would obviously thrive in a role like that, and they've got the cap space. I would love him to go to the Colts. However, everything Chris Ballard and everyone around the Colts has said indicates that they're not going to spend the money on one player and they're going to try to spread it around. My dream team for him to go to, I don't think it'll happen, would be the Chiefs. Um, just because I think you go all in with Mahomes on his rookie deal, uh, even if you're going to have to cut Bell in a couple of years and need a lot of that money, you know, Bell outside of, you know, the David Johnson is, you know, the best pass catching, you know, uh, running back. So I would love to see him there. Just seeing him in an Andy Reid offense with Mahomes would be incredible. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Chiefs would rather commit money, uh, to other places and they've got some guys coming up with extensions like, um, D Ford and Chris Jones. There yes, we go. Yeah, D Ford and Chris Jones and uh, maybe somebody else. Also, they could potentially lose Justin Houston, so they might need to invest more in, in pass rushers and maybe lose Eric Berry. Who knows? We'll see how, how that plays out. Speaking of the Chiefs, um, their former running back, Kareem Hunt, number two on my list. No more. He signed with the Browns on a one year deal. We have talked about that over multiple podcasts. We don't have to do it now. Would you, do you, would you, did you agree or disagree with Kareem Hunt at two over Mark Ingram at three? I mean, if the criteria is just talent. Yeah. Uh, I'm not asking you for your moral stance yeah, on him. Yeah. Then absolutely too. And yeah. I think with age involved, you could put him over Le'Veon Bell. I, th- I thought, um, yeah. yeah, I thought about it. But, uh, yeah, of course. I, I like Mark Ingram, but how old is he? Is he 30 now? Uh, he is 29. I think he will be 30. He, I'm pretty sure he'll be 30 by the time the year starts. Um, felt like he was fantastic this past season. He will be, you know? he, he will be 30 at the end of, uh, in, at the end of the season in, in 2019. I will say that after Bell and Hunt, I think there's like, that's tier one. And then Mark Ingram is in tier two. I think there's a big gap between those first two. I agree. They, uh, there are seven, seven times since 2010 has a running back gone for more than a thousand yards after the age of 30. And of those seven times, five of them are Adrian Peterson or Frank Gore. One is Willis McGahee and one is LeGarrette Blunt. So not a <laughs> you, great, not a great investment. <laughs> you know what I like about your list? <laughs> not to call you out live on the, on the air, but you have two number eights. I have two number eights. You go from six, seven, eight, eight, nine, ten. Well, that's, um, you're not really calling me out. This list goes to 11, first of all. Feels like you're really calling out, uh, our editors is what you're doing. I'm just, I'm just saying you have, you have two number eights. Well, this, this story's only been live for like a week. So it's <laughs> not a, it's not a big deal. I do have eight. I do have two number eights. How did that happen? Um, probably beer. Counting. We're, hey, we're not math majors here. Yeah. I mean, so do you think people are more mad that I have two number eights or that, like, that, cause they got an extra running back on there, you know? You got a, you got a free, you got a free bonus running back on there. I guess. I think, I think you could have just cut Ty Montgomery. No offense to Ty Montgomery. No, nah, well, we'll get to Ty Montgomery in a second. You're right. I absolutely could have cut Ty Montgomery. And I thought about cutting Ty Montgomery anyway and plugging it up with somebody else. Uh, who would you rather have if you had to pay somebody in free agency? Mark Ingram or Tevin Coleman? Coleman much younger. Are they Tevin Coleman? Or like, pay is pay roughly the same? If pay, yeah, yeah, in this yeah, Tevin Coleman easily just because yeah. he's younger and he's never. 
I, I wish I had the stat pulled up, but when, when Devontae Freeman went down, there were a lot of stuff, you know, being tweeted and written about how the Falcons offense is actually better with Tevin Coleman there. Um, so I'd rather have Tevin Coleman mainly because of age, um, over anything else. He's got 800 yards, uh, career high last year, had, uh, his career high in touchdowns is, um, 11. He's got a ton of touchdowns, man, in his, in his career. I mean, he's got 29 touchdowns in four seasons, uh, as a, as a non-starting running back. And the only time he's started more than three games in a year was 2018 when Devontae Freeman got hurt. Has never had a, you know, a huge load. I mean, never, it was only averaged 10.4 max carries per game. So that's the only problem is like, can Tevin Coleman be your number one running back? And do you have to pay him as such? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to give him a, um, um, uh, you know, like a Jarrett McKinnon contract in free agency, you know? I feel like, and this isn't going to happen, but I feel like after Kareem Hunt and Le'Veon Bell, there's not a single guy on this list I would actually want to sign for the cost that they're going to, you know, cost. I would rather just go out in the draft and get someone in the fifth or sixth round because we see every single year these guys getting drafted in late rounds. We see undrafted free agents doing well. And I noticed Tevin Coleman, who's, you know, a fine player, uh, but I'm not paying him a lot of money to be my, you know, RB1. You know, I, I think he, he didn't even play that well this past year when Devontae Freeman went down. I know I was just saying, look at the stats without, without Freeman. No, but that was when, Free, like, when Freeman went down, people were like, oh, the offense is better with Coleman. And the offense was it, not better with Coleman. He got benched for, uh, Edo Smith. Edo so Smith, yeah. it just, I don't know. I wouldn't be spending money on any of these guys, but, but someone will, you know, John Gurdon will go get his running back. Um, by the way, I can't get over how funny it is to me every time one of these autoplay videos pops up of Ryan Wilson and he has this like look on his face. It's like, Oh, we're doing this again. <laughs> the mopey. Yeah, he's like, like annoyed. He's like mm. waiting at the DMV. Yeah. I've been sitting here for three hours. I was, I was at the DMV on uh, Tuesday. Had to get a, uh, had to get a new license plate. And uh, I know Jason Lockenford was there too. Worth noting too that when you look at this, um, List of running backs that that are going to the that are going to the draft. There's a lot of guys that people like, including Elijah Holyfield out of Georgia, Devin Singletary out of uh, Florida Atlantic, David Montgomery out of Iowa State. I think he's nicknamed the Human First Down. Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris out of Alabama. Um, Benny Snell out of Kentucky, and uh, I mentioned Daryl Henderson. If not, he's there too. Justice Hill from Oklahoma State. Bryce Love from Stanford, coming off an injury. There's a lot of talent at the running back position and you can get some, some nice guys late. So people might not be willing to invest in the running backs. <clears throat> Excuse me. I actually don't mind Jay Ajayi if you can get him on a very cheap deal. Cause I think that if you gave, made him like the centerpiece of a physical offense, that he could actually end up having one of those monster years that he had for the Dolphins. But I'm a little worried about his injuries. Uh, I do like his taste in memes. Um, and then Spencer Ware. I, uh, I think Spencer Ware is a little bit of a sleeper here. Like a post-injury uh, hype type of guy. What do you think? Yeah. Why wouldn't the Chiefs try to get him back? Uh, I don't. Maybe because they benched him. I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe he wants. Maybe. I mean, why not pair him with Damian Williams and you know maybe draft someone or you don't you not to draft someone then? They, they could do that. They might. They might. They might try and bring him back. Would you rather have Spencer Ware or T.J. Yelton? Spencer Ware. Yelton's been good when you use him as a pass catching back. Like just don't use him in the way he's not meant to be used. In a way, I like Ware and um, Yeldon, you're right, above like Tevin Coleman. Um, and, mm. you know, I feel like Coleman's maybe had more opportunities. Uh, and, like, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the end of your list. 
and like Yeldon and, and Ware on the uh, on the back half and Amir Abdullah, but these are in Ty Montgomery, not nearly as good of runners as the guy as the guys above them, but you know have experience you know catching passes. And I think if you're going to sign someone um, in the market for a running back, you want to go after someone who's versatile and who can handle pass catching roles. Because I don't know if any of these guys after the top two are starters necessarily, or you know they're not the you know 300 carries a season type of backs. Uh, but I think if you can get one of these guys to be that complimentary guy, I think that's what you should be aiming for. Yeah, I would rather pay Amir Abdullah like $1 million than pay Le'Veon Bell $100 million. You know? I mean, like, even though Amir Abdullah might be cut by week three, at least I just saw He's going to be so cheap, and there's at least – it's the buy low, and if you, you yep. know, hit a home run, then you have one of the best bargains. Yep. Um Mike Davis, I think, is an interesting name, too, just because um, what he did for the Seahawks this year as a guy who can catch passes and also grind out some t- runs between the tackles. And then um, C.J. Anderson, you know, he's on there as my first number eight, uh, T8, I guess, but there's no there's no nine, too, so that's kind of problematic. Um, I, I don't know. I would have a hard time giving C.J. Anderson a bunch of money. I was kind of surprised looking at his you – know, he mentioned he's had knee issues, but um, I was kind of surprised – looking at his career carries that he's like under uh 700 career carries that that sort of stunned me i i feel like no i guess it's uh sorry he's at a 760 he's under uh, 700 with the broncos total the his time with the rams pushed him over that i i just felt like he's been around longer than that and he has i mean he was drafted in 2013 and yet um i don't know he uh also wasn't used that much at cal because yeah. jeff tedford played isay safeli over him for some reason mm. um yeah, and I just feel like the reason why C.J. Anderson seems like that guy who has, you know, thousands of, of carries on his on his legs is because we've been talking about him as like a, you know, the next fantasy step he's going to take it for like we talked about him for like three straight years I feel like in Denver and he had good stretches where it seemed like he was going to be that guy um, but could never sustain it over the course of a season he was going in like round two I want to or like round three for. At least one. Well, he was a Pro Bowler in 2014 and ran for 100 or 849 yards and eight touchdowns on 179 carries as like a non-starter in that Super Bowl. Um, you know that that Super Bowl run that they made. Oh no, that, that was when they lost. The no, divisional. that was a year before. Yeah, sorry, they lost the divisional round, and then it's like, all right, you know, this is going to be, uh, you know, this is going to be the guy in a Peyton Manning offense. He, you know, he must have. And and then Peyton Manning fell off a cliff, and so C.J. Anderson, they had to lean on him, but he wasn't as effective, really. And for whatever reason, there was, you know, he just didn't, he just couldn't really ever get get that running game going. They were a defense based team, and they won the Super Bowl, and he had 720 rushing yards. And he has one 1,000 yard season. So yeah, 2017, the year before he got cut, he is on the wrong side of 30, uh, or sorry, 27. Excuse me, he has uh, put on some weight. And I'm not saying that in a way to be mean. He has, he is bigger. He will tell you he's bigger. Uh, he will also tell you, do you know that the only person I took a selfie with at the Super Bowl was CJ Anderson? Why did you take was, a selfie with CJ? He was CJ wearing Anderson? a Sonic the Hedgehog hat and I wanted to show my son. Okay. That seems like a good reason. To yeah. Take I was a like, selfie. I was like, listen, CJ, I was like, I'm not trying to take a selfie with you, but my son's going to want to see the Sonic the Hedgehog hat. And he was like, awesome. He's a huge Sonic fan. He partners with Sonic the Hedgehog. How awesome is that? That's, that's pretty awesome. Almost as awesome as the fact that he went to Cal. That is true. Uh, who, who doesn't love a good Cal running back? All right. Um, anything else? We got free agent running backs taken care of. 
You're going to go pump some iron. I'm going to go finish my chicken marsala. I'm, this proves you don't listen to me when we talk. I told you specifically I went to the gym this morning. I know, but I'm you, saying I'm eating chicken marsala for breakfast. You're, while the listeners are listening, you're going. Oh, uh, gotcha. Tomorrow yeah, morning. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm going to have to skip the gym tomorrow to work on my mock draft. Mm, that's a real shame for you. I actually yeah. have to go finish my mock draft. Kyler Murray, first overall. Go check it out on CBSSports.com. Make sure to check out Sean's uh, linebacker free agency piece coming up. I'm sure we'll have you back on the podcast to break that down as well. Uh, real deep dive into some LBs, man. Um, thank you for as always, Sean. It's a pleasure, pal. 